Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some of you may be listening, some of you may be watching, but welcome to the Cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz. I'm your host, Chase Shots. We're on the Fans for Sports Network, so make sure you guys subscribe to the Running Through the Jungle YouTube page and wherever you get your podcast at on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, whatever it may be, we're there. So, I, like I said, I'm your host, Chase Shots. Um, a lot of stuff has happened here in the last hour or so when we're talking about quarterbacks in the National Football League. Obviously, our quarterback, Joe Burrow, has been around uh, the media a little bit today. He's made some appearances on NFL Live uh, earlier today, and he had a video come out with uh, Barstool uh, promoting him as uh, one of the new spokesmen for Body Armor uh, for this upcoming season. So Burrow was a bit in the news, and he also talked about his contract. We'll get into that in just a second. But the big news of the day, just which makes him the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League, uh, I believe it was five years, $262.5 million. That's going to put him right over the top of Lamar Jackson. Uh, making him the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. There was a handful of guys that we were looking at uh, in the offseason that were going to get paid. Jalen Hurts was the first to do it. Uh, he was right around that $250, $255 million ballpark. Ten days later, Lamar Jackson takes it. And then just about three months in, uh, Justin Herbert steals that top spot by a measly couple dollars. Now it's Burrow. We were thinking about who the last quarterback was going to be in that, and now it's Burrow. But with Herbert, uh, got to the playoffs, uh, you know, this past season. Uh, he lost the uh, wild card game to the Jacksonville Jaguars, blew a 27-point lead. Not all of it's his fault, but he is the quarterback. He's the face of the team, so he's going to you know be credited at least partially some of that loss but i mean it's with no secret that justin herbert is a fantastic quarterback normally in the top five passing categories each and every year when it comes to yards completion percentage touchdowns uh deep balls completed uh, passer rating all that stuff justin herbert is normally at the top uh top of the line of the national football league so he definitely uh got his money's worth uh today but I'll say this though, when looking at Joe Burrow and looking at, you know, and hearing some of the stuff that has been said um, throughout uh, the entire 
organization with the Bengals and and even some of the stuff that he said, I, I try to try to split a lot of this stuff up. Um, you know, obviously there's been runnings through the organization. There's been runnings through a lot of reporters saying that you know, okay, Joe Burrow's going to to make you know, 55 plus million years, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback. We didn't know when his deal was going to get done. It obviously didn't get done before Herbert. So, I mean, Burrow's the last one of, of these four to kind of reset the quarterback market. So we'll see if it actually, you know, happens with that, which is what most people are saying. Well, from what Joe Burrow has said, um, when asked about some of the guys on the team, like Jamar Chase and T Higgins, uh, even Tyler Boyd, I know he's not, you know, in a, trying to play for a second contract and stuff, but, uh, just you know, guys of those of that nature, um, you know, in the talented receiving group that they have, um, you know, we look at it, and from what Joe Burrow has said, he was like, I, I think we're going to be able to keep all of them. So I mean, you kind of got to think about it. You got to you think about the common sense of it. All right. So if Joe Burrow is, you know, if people are saying that he wants to get paid that fifty-five million dollars a year. Odds are we're probably not going to keep Tyler Boyd, maybe not even T. Higgins. It's probably just going to be Jamar. If Joe Burrow takes 50, maybe you keep T. Higgins for a year or two. Uh, but just thinking about it and really just crunching the whole thing down, I mean, you got to look. And Burrow, when he's talking about he's going to keep all his guys, he's got two $25 million receivers. He's not just talking about them. He's also talking about guys like Logan Wilson, DJ Reader, the guys on that defense. Maybe Burrow takes a pay cut. Call me crazy. Tom Brady did it as well. I know Tom Brady did have like three championships in you know his first five years of his career. So that obviously, you know, helped. Burrow doesn't have any. He has a Super Bowl appearance, but you know, he obviously didn't get the job done there. Very close. But um you know, Joe Burrow, it seems, you know, he's made it clear that he wants to be in Cincinnati. He wants to be here to win, and he wants to have the pieces around him to make sure that we're going to be in contention every single year because, you know, the window is his career. Mike Brown even said it at his uh, press conference before training camp starts. Uh, you know, he wants to make Joe Burrow a Bengal for life. He's the heart and soul of the football team. And, you know, they want to pay him like it. But, you know, if obviously – it, it makes it tough, though, with, uh, you know, uh, the uh, negotiations that they that they made about, uh, you know, Burrow and his team and, and, Mike, and Mike Brown. They're, you know, they're not going to release any type of details or any type of progress that's going on and such. So, I mean, you know, all of it's behind closed doors and you, uh, you know, not, not really able to tell uh, what's truly going on. Uh, you know, with the Bengals, obviously, it's, you know, it's looking like we're, progressing toward a new contract with Joe Burrow. But I mean, there's no leaks. There's nothing like that. It's probably going to be, you know, a, a quiet news day. And then boom, it's, it's there. The news is going to be there. I don't know if it's going to be before training camp tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be before the first preseason game, before the first regular season game, September the 10th, no clue when this will drop, but we should expect it here before the season. And, um, it'll be interesting to monitor though. It really will be because, you know, I, I just, I just keep thinking about it, though. You know, like if reporters and people outside of the team are hearing stuff inside, that doesn't make any sense. Reporters are like, oh, so that makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, since Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts are going to be, you know, they're getting paid 50 plus million a year. 
then that makes Joe Burrow. He's going to make 50 plus million a year, which Joe Burrow is valued at. I should write any type of number on this contract and you'll give it to me. He has that status in Cincinnati. He can, you know, pull out the checkbook, write whatever number he wants and we'll pay it to him. But I, from what the, from the words that Joe Burrow said, I mean, it almost makes me think that he's going to take a bit of a pay cut. And obviously those are, you know, bigger world problems. If he makes 40 million a year, Oh, I'm going to be making, you know, four and a half times the amount, my, my rookie contract, you know, it sucks, but you know, but Joe Burrow, man, I mean, it's still, if he's able to make, you know, if he's able to sign, you know, a bit of a pay cut, which would be unbelievable. Like he, he would, he already has the keys to the city, but I think, We'd have to give him some other stuff. I, I don't even know. We have to give him ownership of, of FC Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, tell him to sell the team over to Burrow and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if Burrow was to take a pay cut, I mean, wow, we would be in the running for for years and years to come, being able to sign guys like T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and guys on the defensive side of the ball, like Logan Wilson, DJ Reader, um, guys of that sort. So, I mean uh, – Looking at it, it's gonna be gonna be tough since we obviously have like no actual insight or information on how the contract is working out right now. So that's gonna make it a lot tougher to kind of guess and everything. Uh, it's gonna pop up randomly. That's about the only thing I'll be able to say. But um, you know, very, looking forward to it. Though. Looking forward to the news of Joe Burrow having that contract and seeing how many years, how much money, and all the uh, all the contract details that go on with it. Uh, we're going to take a break here real quick. Um, we're going to talk about some offensive expectations and some players to watch on day one of training camp. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. All right, and we are back. Um, looking at some of the, you know, the Bengals' offense in general, obviously, like we were just talking about Joe Burrow, it starts with him, okay? Joe Burrow had a fantastic season of 4,400 yards plus, 35 touchdowns. He reset his own passing touchdown record uh, that he set in 2021. He reset it, 12 interceptions, had an 100 passer rating. He did all the – the right things that you want to do. And he just keeps getting better and better every single year. The touchdowns went up, the INTs went lower. So you got to love that from the star quarterback. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had 1,200 rushing yards last year, uh, actually 2021. But this past year, he battled with some injuries, had about 800 or so rushing yards, uh, had a very, very huge game against the Carolina Panthers that kind of helped his numbers out. But uh, you know, some people would say Joe might have took a step back uh, this past season, but, you know, the Bengals were able to beat teams in so many ways. Uh, and, you know, we were able to, you know, pass a lot underneath and, and get short games like that. The improvement that, you know, the team would like to, you know, probably like to make would be in this run game. Uh, you know, they went out and drafted Chase Brown from Illinois brings a burst to that to that running back room. And then obviously Travion Williams has been there for a minute. So maybe he'll be able to add some versatility on third downs. Chris uh, Chris Evans from Michigan, he showed up in the Chiefs game and caught the go-ahead touchdown, and we hadn't heard from him since. So maybe we'll hear from him at training camp. Who knows? But um, 
just, you know, I think running the football is going to be big, obviously using, you know, more of a, more of a committee approach might be the way, but obviously we know that Mixon is the main back. He is the main guy. He took that pay cut. You know, he wants to stay in Cincinnati. He wants to win football games. I mean, a $9 million pay cut. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. But, you know, Joe Mixon knows that, it, you know, he's in it for the long run and he's in it uh, to win Super Bowls. And that's a big thing. And that's really good to see that you're running back. You know, our running back is, uh, you know, trying to stay humble in that regard and, and uh, help out our team and put up some big numbers. Tell you this, though, the receivers. I mean, we all know the receivers. They're, you know, the best wide receiver trio in the National Football League. Jamar Chase missed four games in 2022. Still had 1,000 yards, uh, you know was fantastic in the playoffs this past uh, this past season. Uh, he was great in the first uh, first portion of the season before he got hurt. And then when he came back, he was still very, very good. So, I mean, it was just all around great season from Jamar Chase and just, uh, you know, made defensive coordinators completely flip their game plans. I mean, teams were playing a lot, a lot of cover two this year. They were making us check down a lot underneath. The Bengals couldn't figure it out the first couple of games, but then once they're able to start getting getting it going, I think it was right around week six or so is when we really started to figure it out um, in that New Orleans Saints game. Joe Burrow had a great game, and I think that's when everything started to click for this offense. But it all started, you know, it all starts with Jamar Chase as that uh, that versatile piece at receiver that we can use him in so many different ways. You know, and another unique receiver piece that we have, T. Higgins. I mean, the man's like 6'5", 6'6". He's huge, almost like the second coming of A.J. Green. Um, he had over 1,000 yards himself. In the time that Jamar Chase was down, T. Higgins stepped up, and T. Higgins was one of the best receivers in the National Football League in the month of November. I mean, there were performances like the Pittsburgh Steelers where he had 148 yards on nine catches. He had a touchdown against the uh, Tennessee Titans and had nearly 100 yards that game. He had two big catches when Jamar came back against the Kansas City Chiefs in early December, had a touchdown, and then he had a slant that took away, you know, sealed the game on uh, on third and 11. I mean, T. Higgins, you know, the last two seasons, T. Higgins has been fantastic down the stretch in the second half of the season and in the postseason. He's, he's done a really good job. And, you know, obviously we value him, you know, greatly on the outside. Duke Tobin said, hey, go find yourself a T. Higgins. We got ours. So, you know, it's it's uh, really, really nice to, you know, to have T. Higgins on the team and everything, you know, change the number to five. So now you got one and five on the outside uh, with nine throwing to him. It's going to be pretty exciting to watch. Uh, you know, T's a special talent. High point is ridiculous. Uh you know, his ability to be smooth and running routes is is uh, very noticeable. And, I mean, I'm just so glad that we have Jamar and T on our team, man. I, I really am. And then in the slot, you got Tyler Boyd. I mean, Boyd, you know, his presence doesn't go unnoticed. When teams are deciding to double Jamar or they want to double both Jamar and T, it's Tyler Boyd's time to eat up in a one-on-one situation in the slot. There's not many corners that can hang with Tyler Boyd. There really isn't in the slot, at least. I mean, when, when you're just going to, you know, double the guys over the top, you're going to have your two safeties literally double 
Jamar and T, and you're going to let Tyler Boyd run one-on-one over the middle of the field vertically, he can beat you in any type of way. And teams still try to do it. They got to figure out some type of way to beat us, but there really isn't a whole lot of ways to. And, you know, Tyler Boyd is is that Swiss Army knife that, you know, he, he gets us out of, uh, you know, maybe some trouble and stuff. And he's that ultra-reliable receiver that, you know, we trust to be that, that, that guy that's uh, real gritty in the slot. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a big part of it. He had 700 yards receiving last year at 800 the year before. He's been that veteran in the locker room, that veteran presence that, you know, every successful team needs. And the sure-handed guy, uh, the hard worker, hard-nosed, blue-collar player. So you got to love Tyler Boyd for that. And, I mean, looking at it, this is, you know, last year in his contract. So hopefully uh, he can get things done and hopefully we can go win a Super Bowl with him. And then, you know, we got Irv Smith from the Minnesota Vikings, a guy who had a lot of, has a lot of upside, uh, got hurt quite a bit in Minnesota. Obviously, the tight end position is a tough one. I mean, there's, you know, guys are running over the middle, getting blasted. They're blocking down defensive ends and linebackers. It's one of the most physical positions in the National Football League that doesn't really get talked about as much as they should. I mean, Irv Smith, though, I mean, he's, he's a really good pass catcher. Get him out in space. I mean, it's, he's a tough guy to bring down. And I think he'll add another unit of versatility in this offense where, you know, if if teams are trying to figure out how to defend uh, our guys on the outside, Irv Smith's going to have a very easy job just to catch the football and and uh, get yards after the catch. So that's a really big thing there. But with this offense, um, you know, when we're looking at the offensive ranks from last year, I mean, we scored 26 points a game. Had 50 touchdowns, uh, 265 yards passing a game. I mean, all stuff that's very well. And we were 46% on third down. That's one of the highest in the National Football League. It's, it was, uh, you know, fantastic stuff uh, from our team last year. The one thing, obviously, that we talked about was was the run game. If we're able to get a little more consistent in the run game and and close some games out and just add a little more balance, that would be great. Uh, you know, to to keep defenses on their toes and let Joe Burrow even have some even wider windows to throw football and, and throw some touchdowns. So, uh, you know, obviously being able to run the football and establish the line of scrimmage uh, is, is a big thing. And then with acquiring Orlando Brown as the left tackle and having Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa all back for year two uh, in the system, and then whoever the right tackle ends up being, you know, Jonah Williams, if it's Lyle Collins, uh, having that camaraderie before, you know, in the preseason, going into week one is big. Last year we saw this was that was a new unit, and they let up seven sacks and six sacks against the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, they were able to get it figured out, and they, they wrote the ship. And Joe Burrow was one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the National Football League in the second half of the season until we started – you know, getting plagued by injuries later on. And that's that's the thing, you know, that, that offensive line gets that camaraderie, especially Orlando Brown coming in as a left tackle being, you know, the highest paid, one of the highest paid left tackles in, in National Football League history. That's going to be huge. I mean, he's going to take care, you know, hopefully take care of a lot of issues, uh, you know, that are going on with, you know, some of the best passers in the National Football League, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, uh, Nick Bosa, 
the just guys on our schedule. So, I mean, you know, it, it'll be big to have that camaraderie early on in the season as we play some really good pass rushers right up front. So uh, just protecting the quarterback and establishing the line of scrimmage in the run and pass game is going to be heavy. And then just, you know, getting the ball to our playmakers and letting Joe Burrow do his thing. I mean, that's going to be the big thing for our offense this year. Uh, a couple of things that I want to see us hit on, um, as just as a fan, all right, as, as a fan, um, I would like to see us have the highest scoring offense in the National Football League. can't remember the last time the Bengals did that. If, if, if they ever did that, I would assume it would be, you know, that 88 team that ran the no huddle and just, uh, you know, revitalized the entire National Football League history. I mean, 26.1 points a game last year. That's great. Um, if they could, they could put up 30 a game, I mean, it's going to be almost unstoppable. The defense gave up 20 points a game. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I got a lot of reshuffling over there. We'll talk about the defense on another episode. But as an offensive unit, they're able to put up a couple more points a game, put up 30. It's going to make their job, the defense's job, a lot easier. And it's going to, you know, have our offense, you know, with the hot hand and, you know, uh, be a pretty reliable unit to to go out there and uh, and score some points. Uh, passing wise, I mean, I don't really think there's a whole lot more like that I could say. Obviously, there's a there's you know everybody has room for improvement and stuff like that. Um, but one thing that I noticed a lot of last year were the tip ball interceptions that Joe Burrow threw. I'm not a tip ball specialist. I'm not a quarterback coach. I'm, I'm not any of those things. But um, Maybe some more play designs where Joe Burke get a deeper drop, put a little more play action, uh, let receivers work in space and stuff like that. Um, you know, might be better. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm not a specialist on any of those things. But um, you know, those those tip balls, man. I mean, I tell you, they, they make your heart stop. They make your heart stop. And it is so it's so nerve wracking. Just see, like you know, Burrow throw a pass and that thing gets tipped at the line of scrimmage. Like, oh crap. And you know it's intercepted. That's where most of his interceptions were. They were they were on tip balls. If if you're talking about you know interceptions that he threw to an actual player, you know to an actual guy, just like it was a bad throw. Out of his twelve, there was probably like five or six. If you take away half the tip balls, Burrow's thirty-five to nine. Also with the four interception game to start off last season, so that's a lot of things going on there. But. Um, you know, that would just be you know, one pet peeve is just those tip balls, man. Those those suck. They really do. But uh, and then also, you know, in the run game, variations, just off tackle stuff, pitches, just, you know, really varying up and and, uh, you know, doing our best thing there. Getting getting Orlando Brown to, you know, be a pulling tackle and lead the way on some uh, some downhill attacks on, in the run game uh, with him being six, eight, three fifty plus. I mean, you see a, an absolute monster coming downhill like that's going to be really, you know, really intimidating for some of those DBs and linebackers. And, you know, it'll give some holes for uh, for Joe Mixon, Travion Williams, uh, Chase Brown, whoever the running back is back there. But, you know, and it'll also, you know, free up Mixon in a way to, uh, you know, to find some more running lanes that, you know, he had back when he was younger and maybe get a burst of speed, uh, get back a jolt. Uh, which would be really nice to see uh, as the answers to your seven. Um, and then just looking at players to watch day one camp starts tomorrow, July 26th, a Wednesday. 
practice starts at 2.15. I believe gates open around 1.30 or so. Obviously, the autograph session will be down uh, at the camp uh, here in a couple of days, probably Monday, July the 31st. A couple of guys to watch for um, at camp. I'll give you a couple of guys on the offensive side of the ball and a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't want to give some, you know, give away also the obvious ones like Burrow and Chase and Higgins and, and all of them. Uh, but I will say, I, I want to see Mixon. I want to see what Joe Mixon, uh, is, is able to, I want to see, obviously, I know they're going to be in just jerseys and, and helmets and all, but I want to see if Joe Mixon still has that burst when, you know, they're doing some, some drills and, you know, see how interactive he is as fans. I feel like he might have a new energy when he's coming back in. He restructured his deal. He knows he wants to be in Cincinnati and maybe it just revitalizes him and rejuvenates him. So uh, I, I'm interested to see Joe Mixon's attitude when it comes to the first day of camp. He's always, you know, uh, a crowd pleaser and everything. So just uh, excited to, to hear some stories and see some pictures of uh, Joe Mixon interacting with fans and, you know, just being uh, one of the hearts and souls of the, this football team. Charlie Jones, Purdue. Heard a lot of good things about him. I've seen some good videos, uh, you know, of him catching the pass from Joe Burrow and everything. If Tyler Boyd ends up leaving, it's going to be Charlie Jones probably that starts in the slot. I mean, the dude had over a thousand yards uh, at Purdue, over a hundred catches, ten plus touchdowns uh, in his one noise season at Purdue. And if he's able to be a production machine and kill people in the slot, maybe the Bengals run some uh, some spread offense, run some four wide receiver sets. And Charlie Jones is able to get, uh, you know, he'll get one-on-ones. Let's be real. He'll get one-on-ones with Jamar and T and Tyler Boyd on the field and, you know, just see what he's able to do. But I'm really excited to see, um, you know, if Charlie Jones can be really efficient early on and and see how he's able to, you know, gel with, uh, with a new backup quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Um, and then, obviously, Orlando Brown. I want to see, um, you know, how things go with him. I know, obviously, there's no pads and stuff, so he's not going to be able to hit any guys or go through like that. Just, just to see, you know, the the big six foot eight giant out there at left tackle that's going to be protecting Burrow's backside. I, I just want to see that, and you know, really, you know, from being a fan's perspective, be able to sleep at night. That that would be really nice to, uh, you know, just to know and, and see that uh, number seventy five is out there doing his job. Defensively, um, on the D line, our first round pick, Miles Murphy. Uh, there are, you know, a couple of positions that are going to be watched. You're going to have a rotational third down rusher, and Miles Murphy looks to be that guy. Maybe you line him up inside a little bit. Maybe you give a Sam Hubbard a break on third down, maybe even a Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Miles Murphy is going to be fighting for some of those third down snaps and getting some pressures on. Uh, opposing team's quarterbacks. I just want to see what the first round pick has in him in the first day of training camp tomorrow. Uh, you know, the second position, you know, second level linebacker, Jermaine Pratt. Pratt coming off uh, the last game of the season in the AFC Championship game, he was very fiery. He was upset about how things went down. And as we all were, I didn't think he was going to sign back, but he signed back to a three-year, $21 million contract. A little less money than I expected, but he is back in Cincinnati for three years. Really excited to see 
what Jermaine Pratt can do. And I think he's one of the more undervalued linebackers in the National Football League. And I think he's going to be in for another big season. And I'm excited to see him and Logan Wilson back out there, uh, you know, calling some plays on the defensive side of the ball. And then in the secondary, uh, Daxton Hill is, you know, also the first round pick from last year. Um, he's the biggest question mark but he has some amazing upside. We saw it in the preseason last year, didn't play a whole lot in the regular season, got some snaps here and there, played a lot of special teams. But now it's his time. This is his chance to take over that secondary, uh, you know, in the, in the safeties room. Obviously, you know, Nick Scott comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Von Bell and Jesse Bates leave, so it's, it's Dax Hill's time. Dax Hill has some amazing speed, closing on the ball, uh, does some great things. You know, he's got some really good hands and also – uh, I'm interested to see what Dax Hill is able to do on the first day of camp and really try to assert himself uh, as the starting safety. And then obviously another safety, Jordan Battle. I've heard that this guy has, you know, been able to learn the playbook and absorb it like a, like a sponge and uh, just want to see how he's able to, to gel with that second unit and maybe even try to, to get some first team reps and, uh, and see what the young guy from Alabama can do, who uh, seems pretty wise from what, uh, reporters and, and people inside the uh, organization have been saying. So I'm excited to see what the secondary is going to look like, especially uh, with the safeties. And with that, we will wrap things up. Uh, like I said, Bengals camp starts uh, July 26th, Wednesday. It'll be 2.15, the start time. Uh, super excited to see those guys get back on the field. And we're going to keep you guys updated every single week with it on the Cut to the Chase Bengals Blitz uh, on the Fanspur Sports Network. And check out, obviously, the Running Through the Jungle podcast network and Running Through the Jungle show uh, with Brandon Harriet and Justin Lacey. They're doing a lot of great things and very, you know, very excited to, to be a part of the Run Through the Jungle network uh, talk of Bengals Blitz on there. Uh, with that, that'll wrap things up, and we will see you guys next episode.